630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oh, hang on. Surprises Ads, just start, Ads just start playing on websites. There we go. Okay. Inside Sports at 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. NHL action this evening. The Wild lead the Panthers 2-1. That's with seven minutes left in the second period. Flyers and Sabres are scoreless early in the third. About to get underway, the Canadians and the Flames and the Capitals taking on the Coyotes. Canadians here tomorrow. Get it on 630 Chet. 3.30 face-off show. Game will be at 5. Last game before Christmas for the Oilers. They will then be in Winnipeg on the 27th. You may have heard uh, the news last night Dick Enberg Hall of Fame broadcaster passing away at the age of 82 60 year career certainly uh, a well-known guy called a lot of Super Bowls uh, Olympics a lot of big events he actually once said golf the hardest sport to call uh, baseball is the most demanding but golf for an announcer uh, I wasn't prepared for the shock of calling a sports event where you don't see any of the right. action live. You know, when you do a football game, you're there, you see substitutes, you see the clock, it's third down and seven, here comes the quarter, you see all of that. Basketball the same, baseball the same. In golf, the uh, you set up at 18, and they've got a nice shot of the clubhouse behind you to prove you're really at the event. <laughs> <laughs> and And there are three monitors here, and you call the entire event off monitors and you don't see anything until the producer says we're going to 13 and Jones third shot so what do I say let's go to 13 and uh, Jones no no not 13 12 like I made the mistake I mean, uh, so it, it was uh, it was a, a, a very difficult and the golf audience is the most critical of all the sports audiences Dick Enberg, uh, yeah, he will be missed. Great broadcaster passing away at the age of two. Of course, the golf audience can also phone in and call violations, as we've discussed on this show before. Reed Wilkins with you. It is 7.08. Just uh, our next guest is standing by. He was on a few weeks ago, and uh, the segment went so well, and most of you seem to like the segment so much. Uh, I emailed them this afternoon, and I said, Brian, I'm sorry for the short notice, uh, but people really like the segment. Christmas is around the corner. Maybe you can help some folks. Do you want to come on the show again? And he was like, uh, he lives in Chicago, and he was like, of course, I, I wait all week to spend my Friday night on Edmonton Radio. It is Brian Mazik back on Inside Sports. Brian, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? How you doing today, Reed? I'm doing awesome. I'm really happy to connect with you again. Uh, uh, so, again, for pe- people who might have missed last time, you are a uh, you review video games. I know. I think a gaming journalist, but a lot of that is uh, reviewing uh, video games. And you gave us that great quote last time, Brian. Uh, pick a career. Uh, forgive me if I get this wrong. Pick a career before life assigns you a job. Is that how you put it? Yeah, yep, that's pretty much what I said. Yeah, that, that that that's kind of my philosophy. 
You know, it was fun last time because when we started talking, people, as you probably remember later on in the segment, started uh, texting in questions for you about somebody asked your favorite wrestling game and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, I had a great text earlier tonight because I asked people their favorite sports-related Christmas gift of all time. Somebody wrote in the game, the handheld electronic quarterback game. Do you remember that one? I absolutely do. The little tan one. Yes. <laughs> did you, so what else did you play? Were you all about the electronic quarterback, or did you have other handheld uh, stuff? I like the I like the electronic quarterback. I like the electric, electric football. I don't know if you remember the one where the it had the whole team out there, and it, it ran – uh, off of electricity and vibration, so you turn it on and you hear, and so all of the players would move around based off the vibration. And they had a quarter. The, the ball was like this little doughy piece of leather, and the quarterback was like this separate piece where you had to bend his finger back and let it go and like kind of uh, slingshot the ball forward. That's the way you would pass the ball. It, it was horrible, but but we loved. It. Well, cutting edge at the time, right? Just like, right. <laughs> like, like speaking of video games, I used to think the Intellivision football with five on five was the best thing ever made. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, and the the, the the guy who used to do the Intellivision commercials, who I think he was also in a horror movie a long time ago called Crawl Space. He used to. It was. It was. I forget his name, but yeah, it was like. I mean, whenever I saw him, I thought something cool was coming on television. <laughs> That's incredible. What I don't know if I asked you this last time. What was the first system you had at home? Oh, the first thing I had at home was it was probably Atari twenty six. No, Pong. Pong. Oh, you I'm did have old. Pong. Yeah, we did have Pong. We did have Pong. I remember my father uh, got it used from somebody, and I remember when we uh, first started playing it, and you know, I even then. Even though I had never, ever played a video game before, as I was really, really little, I didn't see what all the big deal was. I'm like, there's two vertical strips on the screen, and it keeps sliding back and forth, and it's hitting the ball. I'm like, I don't get it. But I try to act like I was excited because everybody else in the house was. <laughs> Uh, Brian, you, uh, I mean, we talked to you last time about, uh, you know, how you got into your career and, and uh, we touched on some of the sports games. When you play, do you play against, like, if you want to review a sports game, so you throw in the latest Madden or the NHL, will you play the computer? Do you have someone in the room that you like to play with or, or do you play online? How do you really get into it? Uh, pretty much all of the above. Okay. Uh, because what I try to do is, uh, I try to experience the game in every way that a consumer will want to experience the game. I even play in ways that I would never play uh, because I understand my that my own personal, uh, you know, my my own personal approach of the of the types of modes that I might like that you know on my to play on my time is only one percentage or is only one aspect of the video game because I. I'm a franchise mode guy, so that concept extends out to stuff like if you're looking at NBA 2K, you're talking about my GM and my league. If you're looking at Madden, then you're talking about connected franchise. That particular kind of mode exists in all of the different games. But many of the people who play games don't play those modes. So I have to play in all of the different modes that those people play as well 
so that when I do a review or when I come up with a review score, that it's the most accurate thing that I can come up with that will be helpful to the entire sports video gaming community, not just someone who plays the way I do. That's incredible. So how many, and maybe it varies from game to game, how many hours do you feel you need to spend with a game before you can write a fair and thorough review of it? That's an excellent question. It actually, I very rarely get the amount of time that I think you really need. Because uh, generally a game comes out on Tuesday. Uh, Now they've started to come out on Friday for people who get the early release. Uh, You know, they're, they're... you know, the gaming companies come up with these offers where you pay a little bit more and you get it four days early. Uh, so usually, but usually the game comes out on Tuesday. In an ideal sense, I'll have the game maybe 10 to 14 days before the game releases. Um, that doesn't happen that often. Uh, usually it's more like six to eight days before everybody else gets it, uh, which if you're looking at a game like NBA 2K, which is so humongous, like NBA 2K has like seven different modes, and all seven of them are so big that they could be an individual game by themselves. So in order to truly give this game the amount of run that it needs, I need a lot of time. Uh, But usually I have to cram and kind of take, you know, you know, maybe 15% of the time that I would normally take in each mode and kind of spend each day so that I can make sure I touch every mode. So, Brian, now that you've made this your your career, do you play games in your spare time? Is it possible to do that anymore? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, and the funny thing is, this is the this is, sports gaming is just part of what I write about. I oh, mean, I right. also write about MMA and boxing, which is, I guess that's pretty, those are pretty... Uh, two, there's three pretty different uh, swim lanes, <laughs> but I do write also, uh, I do a lot, most of my writing is about MMA and boxing uh, in addition to sports video games, but you know, it's weird I, I met, my wife and I talk about this all the time, my hobby and my career are so, t- are so closely associated, like the people come in the room and they can't tell if I'm working or having fun which it's cool that bo- both concepts kind of blend together that's a great way to put it. Brian Mazik joining us on Inside Sports Gaming Journalist. You can get him on Twitter, at Unique Mazik. And uh, you have a YouTube channel as well, right? So people can watch some of your reviews as well as read them. Absolutely. It's called Franchise Play Sports. Uh, and, yeah, I kind of play games. I, I review uh, UFC cards. I review great boxing matches that have happened, uh, you know, maybe hours before. Uh, and, you know, if there's new sports gaming news, just period, not even just reviews, I do that. And then I get a little silly and do my little comedic uh, renditions of gaming. So, you know, <laughs> whatever I can do. <laughs> All right. So Christmas is Monday. Now, you are speaking to a uh, hockey-mad market. Um, mm-hmm. But having said that, if there's maybe a parent or a brother or a sister listening right now, like, oh, yeah, maybe my son, daughter, cousin, nephew, uh, w- w- you know, would like a video game for Christmas, and-, and it's of the sports variety, do you have any Christmas season recommends? Well, uh, I understand that the, the Canadian market is, is obviously hockey mad, but basketball is pretty hot in, in Canada as well. Uh, so I would definitely say if you don't have NBA 2K, you should have that. To me, I think it's still the most complete sports video game product on the market. Uh, if you don't have NHL, 
you should absolutely have NHL. But I'm assuming if you like video games, you live in Canada. NHL is probably already in your house. Right. <laughs> um, if <laughs> I would say there's a game coming up on January 29th, and, and weirdly enough, since we're talking about Canadian connections, it is produced in EA Canada. So EA has a uh, a development studio in Canada uh, where only a specific amount of their games come from. But it's called EA UFC 3. They had a closed beta demo that was available earlier this month, and it was fantastic. Like the old school basketball uh, slogan, you know, NBA action is fantastic. But this particular, the, the demo action for this game was fantastic. Very realistic as, as, as much as can be for this particular sport. And I would definitely recommend that one, but it won't be out to January 29th. So if you buy that for someone for Christmas, you probably have to pre-order it and come up with some sort of creative little digital card to give them and say, hey, here's what's coming. Okay. Uh, Brian, we're getting some time. I know you're being generous with your time. Just going to throw one more at you. Got a text here from Kevin who says, hey, Reed, really enjoyed listening to Brian. I had a Sega Dreamcast, a short-lived console in the late 90s that I wish I could still play. Can you ask Brian what system from the past he misses the most? Wow, there's a good one, Brian. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I'm right with him. To, to, in my opinion, the Dreamcast was my absolute favorite system of all time. I remember I got it, my birthday September 8th, right? So the Dreamcast came out on September 9th, 1999. So it was 9999 was the release. And I was, like, through the roof about getting this game. And I remember my fiancé at the time, that didn't work out. But she did at least buy me the video game. So that's one great thing that she did give me. So, <laughs> so, so I ended up, she bought me the Dreamcast for my birthday. And I was just, oh, my God. I mean, the concept of the game, it had its own memory card that had a screen on it. So you would pop that into the, into the, into the controller. So when you are playing the football game, uh, anybody who plays like Madden and when you're sitting next to somebody, they'll know what I'm talking about here. When you're picking your plays, generally the person can see the selection of plays on the screen that you might be picking. Well, on Dreamcast football, which was NFL 2K, you selected the plays off of the screen on your controller. So the other person couldn't see. They didn't know what formation you were in or anything until your guys took the, took the field. So it took a little bit more strategy there. And I thought if that system existed now with the same thought process that those guys had at Sega during that, during at that time, it would be even more amazing now. So why did it fail? Uh, I think Sega is just, and this is just, this is total opinion here. I think Sega just is a, um, an ill-advised type of a uh, developer slash publisher uh, of content, of uh, video game content, as well as hard, especially hardware. When they're just a software company and they're coming out with stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog and, and Altered Beast and those types of games, they were doing fine. But every time they try, everybody that's a, 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 an excellent software producer shouldn't necessarily be a hardware producer. And ultimately, they, I think it was failed marketing, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Brian, I love having you on the show. Thanks for making time for us again. I hope we can reconnect in the new year, and people love hearing from you because you're so knowledgeable. Again, at Unique Mazik is uh, how people can get you on Twitter. Thanks so much for checking in, Brian. Have a great Christmas. 
You too, Reed. I appreciate you having me. That is Brian Mazik on the line tonight on Inside Sports. So, yeah, I mentioned how to get him on Twitter. He is a gaming journalist. He reviews video games for Forbes.com. So, uh, yeah, he's crafted out quite the career. I loved how he put that. Uh, people can walk into my room or into the room and see me playing a video game. They don't know if I'm working or having fun because uh, the two things are tied so closely together. Uh, I can tell you this. Uh, that NBA 2K game, that is an incredible game. I've, I've played that, and... The, the greatest thing about it is if you like the classic teams, you can go back and play with the like the Bulls teams from the 90s. It's got Lakers and Celtics teams in the 80s. I actually prefer that to playing with, with the current teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brian said, yeah, if you're Canadian, you probably already have NHL by now. So... <laughs> Do you, have you played the UFC video games, Kellen? I've never tried one. Yeah, I have, uh, I think, UFC Undisputed 2015 in my collection, which I think was one of the best UFC games I've, I've ever played at home. Um, but the new generation of consoles, yeah, I've heard a lot of buzz about UFC Free that's coming out, and I think I'm going to shortlist it and pick it up because, yeah, what he talked about, it's all that and then some. If you look at some of the video online uh, that people have posted about it, it's Did- crazy realistic did you have a dreamcast no i, I, I was a game gear guy so i was a portable i i, I, I remember the uh, the game the the dreamcast i never i don't know if i ever even played it yeah but every everybody loved it but it wasn't around very yeah long. i was an n64 person for the longest time i think time, that was and the same era so. wasn't it late late night yep n64 yeah. might have been out before then yep but it would have been uh, around the same time playing and, the greatest wrestling game of all time on it which one no mercy I think he identified that as his favorite wrestling the game. The greatest time we wrestling had him on. game ever, ever. Seven twenty-three. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty. Chad. All right. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Canadians and Flames, nine minutes into the first period. No score in Calgary. Capitals and Coyotes also scoreless in the first. After two, the Wild lead the Panthers 2-1. In the third, about six minutes left. The Sabres not having a great year, but looking good tonight. Up 2-0 on the Flyers with six minutes left. Evander Kane with his 15th of the season. Ryan O'Reilly has his ninth. Oilers tomorrow hosting the Montreal Canadiens. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, the game will start at 5. Okay. He can text 63630. Uh this uh, we were talking about the best sports related Christmas gift you ever received. This texter says a uh 2006 Aquila Productions DVD of the entire season and playoff run. And an autographed Captain's Litho from uh, every captain except Lee Foglin. That's pretty cool. Wow. That's impressive. This texture says, uh, every year uh, a while back, my dad and I would get Rock'em Sock'em. The tradition carried on from episode one to about episode eight. So obviously back in the VHS era. Did those tapes rent very well, Reed? Do you know? Do you remember or oh, not? Oh, God. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe you just, you just pulled out a blockbuster I, video question. Yeah, just... <laughs> Man, I, I honestly don't remember. 
I, I honestly don't remember. Because I know they gift. I, they were great gifts to give during the holidays and that stuff. But just I if have, they've rented it, well yeah. Or not. I mean, I don't. I don't have a lot of specific memories of, of Blockbuster Video. Maybe a few. <laughs> I, I I couldn't tell you. I yeah. think I think we would get the Rock'em Sock'ems in, and I think they would rent when they would first come out, and right. then probably would die down. I will remember this. Uh, so do you know where this people will remember this? Uh, it would be 79th Avenue and Calgary Trail. Mm-hmm. I think it's now one of those, what's it called, Orange Fitness, Orange Theory Fitness? Right, okay. And it's, it's that's half of it, and then there's something else in the other half. Mm. That was that was the Strathcota Blockbuster video, and mm. I worked on a New Year's Eve once. It was probably I don't know ninety five or ninety six New Year's Eve. Mm. So I so I was working during the day, so I think I was ten to six or nine to six, something like that. And I have never been asked for Raiders of the Lost Ark so many times. Really? And it and it was like the store opened at ten. It was rent. We had one copy. It was rented out at ten oh one. Like it was gone, huh. and then I must have been like I must have had forty people ask for Raiders of the Lost Ark. I guess that was the New Year's Eve film of choice, and our one co- like we could have had a hundred copies of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they all would have been rented out. That's weird. That's the well. That's the nice, fun New Year's Eve classic, I guess. Indiana Jones. We're gonna take a timeout for the seven thirty news. A little more Oilers chat coming up. And curler Kevin Martin, who I made a faux pas with last week. I'll tell the story. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Now, folks, let's get ready for Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em Hockey. Nice work, Kellen. That's the intro to Rock'em Sock'em 1. Right there. Oh, that's Rock'em Sock'em 1. Very very first one. Good stuff. Oh, there's Alan Bester getting beat for the (laughs) (laughs) five-hole. Good old Alan Bester. So we got a text here. I've got a few texts at 630-630. We just had Brian Mazik on in the last half hour, video game uh, reviewer, gaming journalist. Uh, this texture says simply said this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and then the little uh, pointy arrow sign, and then Dreamcast, which I guess he means. I don't know if this texture meant to say a certain system was better than the Dreamcast, or just meant everything was better than the Dreamcast, or some stuff from the text got lost in translation on our software, which could have happened too. So. This texture says, great guest, I'm 40 and I still love video games just as much as I love sports. You're half a step away from covering some esports. Well, I would not rule it out. If there's a good story there, we will try to tell it. We're also talking about best sports-related gift you've ever received for Christmas. This texture says, uh, I got a t- tickets to last night's game and an Oilers jersey to wear. First live game I attended since 1987. What happened to the noise? Why were the fans acting like they were watching tennis or golf? The last 50 seconds? Now that's what hockey sounds like. People, the Oilers need fan energy to succeed. Put the phones away and enjoy the reality of now. Well, I think that's a good message for uh, most of life. By the way, that texter wrote back, they meant the PlayStation 1 was superior to the Dreamcast. Oh. I, 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 but about that text about the phones, I, I, I read an article... See, this is the problem, because things uh, come up, and then I 
that I didn't think would come up, and then I remember something related to that topic, but I didn't know it was going to be a topic, so I can't remember the exact place I got the information. I read an article. It was this year, and it was about uh, a, a gentleman who owned a sports bar, and he said even five years ago, people would go there on NFL Sunday and would watch the games, and now they have the games on, and everybody is sitting there on their phones their their whole time, following their fantasies team, fantasy teams, and and tweets. Interesting, and somewhat sad. I I went, and this was this was pretty cool. I I went and saw the Last Jedi on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I saw it at the theater downtown, and at one point in the movie, somebody from the back row yelled down to somebody in one of the front rows, put your phone away. And I, I couldn't see at the 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 angle I was at, but I guess somebody down lower had was on their phone the whole the whole time during the movie and it, the light was shining and somebody yelled down, put your phone away, which I appreciated. You don't need you to be looking at your phone the whole time. Absolutely. By the way, Last Jedi, awesome. I saw it on Wednesday. All right, we're not saying much about it. No, I'm just saying it's awesome. All right. I'm on the awesome we, side. We are trying to adopt a porg for inside sports, though. Well, at least I am. Kellett's Kel, Kel, like, no, we're not getting a no, porg. No, Those <laughs> things must smell terrible. That's all I got. Well, say. they can't smell worse than Chewbacca. <laughs> okay. Canada beats Switzerland 8-1. World Junior tune-up game. Carter Hart from Sherwood Park started in net for Canada, made three saves. In a scoreless first period, Colton Point took over after the intermission, stopping three or four shots. So I'm reading that to say that Switzerland had seven shots. My goodness. 8-1. Dylan Dubé uh, scored twice, had an assist. It was his first game for Canada. He missed all three games at the selection camp and also the 9-0 win over the Czech Republic earlier this week. All right. You can text 63630, phone number 7804960063. Oh, yeah, I got another text here from uh, Corey the Butcher, great guy with uh, Acme Meats. Best sports-related Christmas gift, a signed Grant Fewer stick used in the playoffs versus Philadelphia. Got it from my sister and brother-in-law when I was a kid. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. It's 741. Always love to have this guy on the show. Legendary curler Kevin Martin. Kevin, how are you doing? <laughs> well, really good, Reed. Good to talk to you. Well, it's good to talk to you. I got to tell a quick story here. Uh, people who listen to the show will know. Uh, you know, you're on uh, occasionally whenever we can get you. And uh, I got a buddy who owns a video store on White Ave. Uh, it was one of, if not the last, video stores in Edmonton. Who's a big uh, sci-fi guy. And both of you are in my phone. And I texted. Kevin Martin last week asking him to talk about the Star Wars movie and I thought I was texting the Kevin Martin from the video store uh, and I texted you <laughs> it led to a bit of a confusing exchange before I figured out what I'd done so I apologize <laughs> well I'm just not I'm, not I'm not that knowledgeable when it comes to the Star Wars stuff <laughs> are you going to go to the new movie <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, so I, I, I guess I could ask what the best curling movie of all time is, but I can only think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> I think I can only think of one as well. <laughs> uh, Men with Brooms. Hopefully uh, most of our audience. Did you, did you work on that one? I can't remember. 
No, uh, not in the movie. I was actually in the, uh, there's an hourly uh, uh, show on for a year or two. And I, I was in that, uh, but not, not in the actual movie, no. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, it's an exciting time here. A lot going on in curling. I, I got a flashback uh, a couple weeks. First of all, Kevin, the uh, Canadian Olympic trials were in uh, in Ottawa. You've, you've been through that uh, whole process. And uh, when, when you were watching Cooey's final stone there, you know, I had Mark Kennedy on it, and he talked about jumping out to sweep it. But you know what's that, well, what's that all about, right, that last shot? <laughs> A shot to win it, and uh, and you know what they're feeling when they're watching it go down the ice, eh? Absolutely, you know, and, and uh, Kevin, he threw it the right way. If you're going to do anything, be a little light when you've got the horses he's got, and uh, he was. He was plenty light, but the boys carried it to the forefoot for him, so if you tried it with your heart going like it would be in that situation, if you go to try to throw the right weight, you'll probably be a little bit heavy. So he definitely did it the right way. Come up a little bit light, let the boys carry it. I know you and I have talked about the, those moments in uh, embracing the the pressure or or whatever you want to call it surrounding that. I mean, when you look back, are, are you one of those guys that you more vividly remember the shots you made, or you more vividly remember the shots you missed? Absolutely, without question, I remember the shots I miss. <laughs> I remember most of them. You kind of forget the ones you make actually over time. But the, the really important ones that you miss, I don't think they ever go away, unfortunately. See, that's so many high-level athletes tell me that, and I find that so sad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's because we're all, you're all perfectionists, and it drives you crazy when you miss. So I don't think it ever gets away from your brain. At what point in um, in your career did you really uh, embrace? And maybe when it was when it was younger, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't feel really comfortable to you to you had a little more experience. But when did you really start to embrace? I'm the skip. It might come down to a shot I have to make in the tenth, and, and I got to be prepared and I got to live with the consequences. Or, or did you do you ever really embrace that? Oh, I think so, and I really enjoyed that part for most of my career, actually. I'd, I'd say early, early, I uh, I really enjoyed that, the pressure of either making it or missing it. Uh, both are pretty good things because you if you miss, you learn a lot. If you make, of course, you win, which is wonderful. So it's kind of, yeah, I, I think kind of both ways there. Um, and I think at a young age, I really enjoyed that that pressure. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I mean, I love. I love hearing that the the journey people had to go through uh, mentally as much as physically, right? So that's, uh, and that's a big part of the sport of curling for sure. So uh, Kevin Martin joining us. Uh, we got the uh, Meridian Canadian Open that's coming up January sixteenth in Camros. People can already uh, check out tickets or get tickets. The Grand Slam of Curling dot com. All the schedule and information. Tell me a little bit about. I mean, I mean, I look at this and I'm thinking this must be a big one for those people who are. Uh, um, you know, getting ready for the the grind of the season and uh, and going to the Olympics as well, right? Well, that's the big one. Absolutely, it's timed perfectly for the teams from around the world going to the Olympics. So, what it is, Reed, is it's top fifteen men, top fifteen women's teams in the world. So, of course, out of those fifteen, quite a few of them are going to be the Olympic teams from various countries, and uh, and so it's absolutely perfect timing to be able to get your game together. And I remember in 09, before Vancouver, uh, the Grand Slam was the same time. And uh, and uh, we ended up going through 
that Grand Slam undefeated, got our stride going, got our confidence going, and 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 we went undefeated in the in the Olympics. So it's really important, I think, for the teams going to the Olympics to play well and and get into their full stride during the Meridian Canadian Open. The other part I like about it is these teams from around the world will be they'll be bringing their whole entourage. They'll be they'll be pretending this is the Olympics. They'll run their daily routines. They'll do everything as if they're in South Korea. So from a fan's point of view, it's going to be very cool to, to watch how these teams act live. Uh, usually, you know, obviously it's, ter- it's a terrific sport to watch on television. This event's going to be a little bit different. Now, obviously, it'll still be fun to watch on TV. But in the building, with the intensity of, say, uh, you pick it, be it De Cruz against Cooey or Cooey against uh, Nicholas Adin or Rachel Holman against uh, Hasselborg, you name it. You cannot afford to give the upper hand to these teams you're going to play in South Korea two weeks later. Those are absolutely necessary wins. You have to beat those teams. So the intensity on the ice is going to be second to none uh, in Cameroon. I, I, well, I love the way you put that. How it, it, so? A little, uh, little intimidation, little lay in the groundwork, little, uh, little mental games already going on. Hey, eh? that's so cool. Oh, they will be definitely going on because that'll be the last time they play each other. Because uh, the event starts on the 16th and ends on what the 22nd is the Sunday, I think. Yep. That's when the event ends. Well, uh, the teams are going to be heading over at the end of January to South Korea, so. You've only got a few days from the end of the Meridian Canadian Open to the start of the Olympic Games. So, yes, it's, it's absolutely crucial um, when the top teams play each other to, uh, to make sure you win. You don't, want to, you, don't, you don't want to give somebody else with a podium chance the upper hand. Absolutely not. The Grand Slam of Curling.com for people that check out tickets in Camro starting Tuesday, January 16th. Kevin, I know you're going to be working the Olympic Games again uh, as a commentator for NBC. Look, you and I have talked, and, and, and a common curling theme is that it, it can be as tough to win a Canadian title, when it, whether it's a Briar, Roar of the Rings, or a, a, a Scotties, as it can be to win internationally. Having, sa- having said that, now the qualified Canadian teams got to go after that gold medal. Uh, can you can you give us maybe just kind of an overview of the depth of the field on the, on the men's and the women's sides in the what you expect from the Olympics and who might be Canada's top competition here? Yeah, on the men's side, there's, I think, around six nations that have a legitimate chance of winning gold medals. Of course, Nicholas Adin, uh, Kevin Cooey, the Cruz. I, I really like John Schuster of the U.S. That team has really improved over the last little while. Uh, the Korean uh, team, Kim, uh, they're 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 very strong, and of course, you know you can never count out Scotland, uh, and of course, uh, Olsrud, Thomas Olsrud, he's back. That's who we played in the final in 2010. That's kind of I think the group of of medalists in the women's side. It is completely wide open. Um, I, I know Rachel's a fantastic curler and a great team, but but it's parity on the women's side. Um, you know, it could easily be anybody in on the gold medal platform or in sixth place. Uh, I, I can't even imagine who uh, who would be the favorite. I don't think there is really a favorite on the women's side. It's going to be fantastic. Well, that's going to be fun to watch. Kevin, I, I always love having you on the show. Hope you have a great Christmas, a great New Year, and I guess i got to wrap it up this way. May the Force be with you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Reed. Have a Merry Christmas. All the best. 
This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. This texture says the best Christmas gift sports item I ever got, 1992 World Series Blue Jays bat signed by the whole team, which included Dave Winfield, who does not like to sign autographs. That's pretty cool. Remember early this year we had Ed Sprague on from that team? Right. Hit that big homer in game one. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a real gift, but this sounds really funny. Like, like I, I fully, I fully, I don't know who this texter is. He or she didn't sign a name, so they may have made this up. Whether they did or not, this is a great text, and it's if it's real, that's incredible. Best gift was a signed photo of Alexander Daig in a nurse's uniform. <laughs> that's you're, you're, strange. You're stunned, Kellen. That's strange. Kind of reminds me of the. Uh, we were talking hockey cards earlier, the 91-92 Pro Set cards that had the celebrity endorsers for each team. Oh, geez, so you I had Ralph Macchio from the Karate Kid in an oh, Islanders geez. jersey. That's great. Um, I think you had Magic Johnson in a Kings jersey. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, et cetera. Uh, after the first period, Montreal leading Calgary 1-0 on a goal by Jordy Ben, his fifth of the season. Capitals and Coyotes scoreless after one. In the third, Minnesota and Florida are tied 2-2, and Buffalo has beaten Philadelphia 4-2. The teams combining for four goals in the last two minutes and 10 seconds. Jack Eichel scored twice. He's now up to 13 goals on the year. That World Junior tune-up game, Canada over Switzerland, 8-1. All right, so Oilers tomorrow. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. Game will start at 5. Christmas Day, obviously, uh, what, what day of the week is that? Monday. Mm-hmm. So we got our Christmas programming all day. We'll have a best of inside sports on Tuesday. So that'll be two hours of dead air. And then we, <laughs> we're back on Wednesday with another Oilers broadcast. Want to remind you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down home Southern food and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. They're on 124th Street, just north of 107th Ave. That'd be a great Christmas uh, dinner, actually. Just a, just a big pile of Northern Chicken. Mm. Thanks to our guests, Kevin Martin, Brian Mazik, Carter Hart, Mike Camilleri, and Megan Mickelson. The St. Albert girl, her third time around on the Canadian women's Olympic hockey team. She was named to the club today. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you on the Faceoff show tomorrow. Merry Christmas. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.